Let's get ready to rumble! Hello and welcome to Netflix vs. Cinema, the podcast that goes to the cinema every week, tries to watch whatever it is that they will let us watch or that's actually in cinemas, rates them out of five, stays at home, watches things, rates them out of five, and then tells you where we think our money has been better spent this week, and where we think your money will be better spent this week. My name is Tosin, I am the host, and I am in a town called Bromsgrove, somewhere near Birmingham, and joining me as always on the Isle of Wight are Sharon Bolland. Hello. Sean Harris. Hello there. And not joining us, if you've been listening to us for the last couple of weeks, is my daughter, who has, uh, who I, I found out today, I, I got one of these wonderful, wonderful gifts that you didn't really expect, which is that um, my wife wasn't working today, which means that she could take her when we're going to record the podcast, which means that you don't have somebody making adorable but entirely unhelpful sounds throughout the recording of the podcast. So yeah, so those of you who have gotten used to hearing her, her little protestations in the background, I am sorry, this time you only get us three. And we do not have Holly with us this week because Holly is off recuperating from life, shall we say. But uh, yeah, a bit like me today. I mean, uh, today was one of those days where you know the summer's coming and I know the summer's coming because hay fever hits. And oh. yeah, today is like, you might hear it in my voice, it's the first real sort of like hay fevery day. And I just wanted to stay in at home. And my wife was like, oh, take take her out. It's a nice, it's a lovely day. Go outside and play. She shouldn't just stay inside and watch TV. And I'm like, what's wrong with sitting in home and watching TV? <laughs> when my eyes are swelling close. That's... <laughs> yeah, it's like, I, I just, I don't even want to go. I don't even want to give it a chance. But anyway, enough about my woes. Um, how, so what have you guys been seeing in cinemas and at home this week? Well... As I say, we went, I've only seen one thing at the cinema this week, and that was Sisu, which we went. Yeah. I went with um, Sharon yesterday, being my birthday. I thought it would be an early preview birthday Happy treat. Happy birthday, sure. <laughs> yesterday, yeah. And Sharon came. It was really, really nice. She came down, and we had a Chinese. And uh, so, yeah, so she came to see me. And Did, Yeah. Hmm? Did we have extra people, or was it just a podcast trip? It was without- just us. It was a podcast trip, and then uh, a friend sort of turned up like a little bit later on with that I haven't seen for ages and ages and ages, and he yeah. popped in for twenty minutes or so. But yeah, so it was nice, and then we met a couple of other friends um, at the cinema. At the cinema, that's yes, it. Yeah. So yeah, so it was nice. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the enjoyed, enjoyed my birthday, and it was beautiful sunshine as well. Oh, the past few, the past few I remember to being not quite so nice. Like they were. I always remember when I was a kid, it was always, always lovely, always lovely long summery days. And then, like the past few years, it's been a bit not good. But the, yeah, yesterday was lovely. The last couple of years. Yeah. Okay, we're going off on a total tangent here, which is totally Sean's way of doing things. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I always used to read about hot long summers in like um, storybooks and all that. Like you know, Famous Five was the real one. Amy Blyton that would go in Nigeria. I used to be I'd go, oh wow, yeah, hot long summers in the and then I moved to the UK and I was like, where are these hot long summers I was told about? I was sold a porky. Where the heck are the hot long summers? Some years you get them, but other years they don't they're not guaranteed to turn up, are they? Some right. years we get a lovely April uh, April. April can be fantastic. And then if you get a lovely April, May is normally rotten. But if you get a rotten May, then you normally get a nice June and July. <laughs> no, I, I, just, I, I 
I reckon that there might be something in what Sean just said. That it's, it's about what age you are. And all of a sudden, like, you know how when you were a kid, an hour seemed like an eternity. And now an yeah. hour is nothing. <laughs> so, <laughs> someone tells you you have an hour, you're like, oh, I have no time. And like when you were a kid, someone tells you you have an hour, you're like, oh, no, that's forever. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it might have something to do with that. But that's never true. having experienced an English well. summer as a king. As a kid, I don't know. I just had sunshine all year round. Um, so, okay, so we have Sisu in cinemas, which, I mean, which I think is, is, is kind of like normal service being res- resumed. Because remember we used to say that whenever there was a Marvel movie out in cinemas, there was usually nothing for like two weeks. Nothing. There was nothing else in the cinemas for about two weeks. And I, I think that, I thought that it was that Marvel were beginning to lose their powers and people were beginning to, like, you know, get a bit plucky and, yeah, yeah, we'll put a film out in the same week as a Marvel movie. But apparently, only Sisu and the book club, the next chapter, have even dared to try it this week's time. Oh, and there was some film called Love Again. And... Ah, uh, yes. Sam Hewan, he, he, he I don't know how to say his name. No, no, no. I, I know he has pretty He's Chopra. He's the, you know, he's the eye candy uh, from Outlander. Uh, because the way they were marketing this film, they were marketing this film like I was supposed to know who he was. And I was like, I don't have a clue who he is. He's the, <laughs> but, he's the kilted one from Highlander, basically. Like, yeah, the hot, but, the hot Scott. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh, I like that. Hot Scott. However, I'll tell you one thing, though. That title has pretty much guaranteed I'm never watching that film. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> love again love love again it feels like it was generated by some bad title generator it's 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 kind of like it, it it's not even chat gpt not even something clever it just it just looks like it's like love again ah i just think it's, i'm like and I, I saw that on the cinema and i was like no because I don't have a, I don't have an unlimited card anymore, so I can, I have to be a bit more discerning with what it is I go to the cinema to see. And I just thought, no, not that, not that, not, not spending time away from my family for that. Uh, <laughs> all right, cool. And so that was the only, so only see you in cinemas this week. And what did we see at home? Well, I, I um, I've been watching like as you know, I'm a real YouTube aficionado now, and I've spent, I, I like watch. How um, historians rate scenes in movies. Been watching a lot of those. There's a nice one called by folks called JJ, which he does a series of actual weapons in films, which turn up in films and oh, yeah. how they're used, how they were good. So, which is really really good because there's some films that I really seriously want to see. He shows them. Um, he shows like so. He says, uh, you know, like you know, like the famous Russian machine gun, the PPS, PPS. And, and they say what all the movies that's in and he goes on about all the movies that it's in and oh, how yeah. it's used yeah yeah it's brilliant it's, so and yeah so i'm sort of i'm sort of going down there the documentary armored stuff and but they, but they, i've seen a couple of films i did see a film called um the sacrifice chinese film on youtube mm-hmm. and funny enough there's some some uh, about later but it's actually of course their famous split wing thing naval aircraft and so it was quite i thought oh i watched that the other day i watched that the other day that little clip from it comes up so yeah so 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 yeah i guess i there's i just can't remember stuff though because i spend i sort of go down those rabbit holes of youtube you know oh yeah ooh, no no ooh, no don't worry ooh. don't worry sean i've been keeping a i've been keeping a list of random things you've told me that you've watched <laughs> oh, <laughs> 
I try, I try and do that. I try and do that for all of us. So when, when, whenever somebody says, "Oh yeah," if there's something that somebody mentions that we haven't had time to talk about, I always go, "Okay, cool. Make a note of that." For instance, Sharon has seen something called The Duchess and something called Narvik that she has never reviewed as of yet on the show. Holly has seen In from the Cold and Dangerous Liaisons, and Sean. Oh, I didn't have anything extra because I had white nose and all the quite on, on the Western Front. So yeah. <laughs> So those are the things that I just I just make notes because I started making notes for myself because I kept forgetting what I'd watched as well. And then every now and then somebody would say something in the while we're recording, I'll be like, "Oh yeah, oh oh, that reminds me, I did see this thing. We never spoke about it." So yeah, which leads me to the thing I'll be talking about today, and that is Agent Elvis. Because Sean, I think you're talking about the sacrifice today. I'm talking. I'm going to talk about Agent Elvis. And oh, Sharon- I. I, I- Sorry, sorry, Toes. I know what I did see. I started watching the um, uh, Star Wars Legends, is it? Star Wars and Visions. Visions. Yeah, and I, I've watched the first three, so I've seen, so I've watched three so far. Oh, oh, um, oh, oh, what do you reckon? What do you reckon went with up on my assessment? Yeah, 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 it's really good. Not so keen on the, um, as I say, I've only seen three. Not so keen on the, the sort of band one with Jabba. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the other two, yeah, certainly, certainly it's good. So I see the others. I just have to catch them when sort of, Dan can catch them if you know what I mean, because I sort of said, "Oh, can I watch them?" And, but what's quite good about them is they're quite short, so I can watch. Yeah, they're, they're all about fifteen minutes long. They're all about fifteen minutes, yeah. but it is it is like Love, Death, and Robots in the Star Wars universe. So like yeah. just random, random stories. And the first season is all anime; it's all Japanese. The second season goes out, and you have Ardman, and you have fried or French houses, and you have a Chilean Chilean house, and uh, oh, and an Indian. Oh yeah, the Indian episode is. The Indian episode, it gave me, um, what's the name of that film that has Herbert Lom in it and Lauren Bacall, Passage Over India? Uh, Northwest, North, Northwest Frontier. Northwest, Northwest yeah, Frontier. Yeah, I think, I think it has two titles. It's either called Northwest Frontier or Passage Over India. And yeah, they, Flame Over India. I think it's called Flame Over India. Flame Over maybe. India, Flame Over India, yeah. yeah. And um, that, the Indian episode, well, it's not about Indian animation house, gave me real vibes of that film. It gave me uh, so oh. so. Wait till you get to it. Wait till you get to it. You, you probably have about twelve episodes to go before you get there. But wait till you get to that one. All right, cool. So let us kick off and let us kick off with Sisu. Sisu in cinemas. Sharon, would you like to kick us and tell us what this is about? Yes, I. This is my cinema contribution as well. Um, I saw yesterday with Shawnee. And uh, Sisu is a Finnish film, and Sisu is a Finnish expression that doesn't have a direct one-word translation. So you can't translate it as like, Sisu means cross or determined or, but it means it has a combination of like this fiery determination and relentlessness. So it's like an expression that has no one-word translation. And so uh, this Sisu, this sort of determination and sort of fierceness, is personified in this one man that we meet him at the beginning and this film is constructed like an old-fashioned type of western you sort of get like a doo-doo-doo like a spaghetti western and it's set in like the sort of the the north part of finland where in 1944 there has been this ongoing battle with the russians now the russians have pulled back in a pack um and then the finnish army is up against the nazis and so they are, the Nazis have, have adopted this like scorched earth policy where if they can't sort of beat them, they're just going to eradicate. And so they have been like storming across Finland and raising yeah, I, towns to I the think, ground. 
I think they're trying to reach people. Norway, aren't they? I think they're trying. The they're idea is Norway because that's yeah. still sort of yeah battling away, and mm. yeah, they're using it as like a bridge. So they are, yeah. So it's constructed like a western, very much at the beginning. You see chapters. It's like chapter number one, <laughs> and each chapter has a different title, and it's sort of like sort of punchy. And you see this this chap, and when you first see him, he looks like an old grizzled prospector. He's in the middle of nowhere. He's like panning for gold in this stream, and he comes across this like fleck of gold. He's like, "Hey, I think I'm close here." And then it's in silence with just a little bit of background noises. He then discovers some gold, and he's like, "Right, I've hit pay dirt. I'm gonna celebrate." And as he heads into town, there's no speech, there's no conversation. And as he gets ready to town, he's like, "I'm gonna have a little bath. I'm gonna wash off my mud. I've been prospecting." And it's when you sort of see him stripped down that you realise this is not just an old grizzled prospector he's got a beard and he's got gray hair but he's like as hard as iron and he's covered oh. in scars there's like a gunshot wound there's scars all over his body you can see that and there's like not 26 abs on him. he's abs he's muscled he's ripped he's just like but he's not in like a posing at the gym sort of way this yeah. is like he's been forged in fire basically yeah and so he is like a his body is like a weapon and this you know that this man is not your, your ordinary you know, prospector who's heading to the world. And so as he heads back to town, he gets on his horse, he takes his dog, and he rides back, he's gonna like cash in his, his sort of, he's hit this gold. And he comes across these Nazis, basically, who are, if you had like, the, the um, casting person, it's like, I need, I need a group of these Nazis, please. And, and I, need, I need a group of really stupid Nazis, please. And then we're gonna, I want 10 of each. And so I'm going to have yeah. them in one group. So you have like your evil Nazis, are like tall, Aryan, fair head, piercing eyes. Yep. And the dumb Nazis are, you know, shambling a little bit going on. And so you have like your classic um, Nazis, two types of Nazis. And he comes across some of these and they're like, you know, easy pickings. This old guy, we're going to we're gonna push him back a bit. We're going to see what he's got. And it's like, you no know, big mistake. You don't mess with this guy. And then they found out to their cost that you try to mess with him. He's going to mess with you um, in dramatic and violent ways. Mm. And they make him really cross at one point. And then he decides, you know, he is just going <laughs> to bring down all the fires of hell upon these, these, these evil Nazis and get, give them what they deserve. <laughs> and this man is, he is indestructible. He's relentless. He's, he's a little bit cross at times. And he's indestructible. You're making me think, how do you say, I've got a very special set of skills in <laughs> Finnish. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, so doesn't actually, it, he doesn't actually, he doesn't actually say anything. He doesn't say anything. He doesn't say anything. Yeah, it's like one line at the very end of the film. Yeah. That's it. Oh, I like this. But Sharon, Sharon, can I ask you something? Yeah. Did you think... Did you, I mean, I know you like your Madge Mickelsons and those Norwegian yeah. looking fellas. Did you think, I mean, I know they were portrayed as horrible Nazis, but did you think any of them were sort of eye candy or good looking? Would, did you think the or evil not? evil Nazis. No, I thought, not the dumb Nazis. No, none of them were. No, not the dumb. I can Some understand. Some of the evil Nazis. The Like the leader. Yeah, the leader. yeah he no? has like a, something about him, but I wouldn't Calm say he was, you know, yeah. he was handsome. I think... If he cleaned up a bit, I think that sort of whatever his name was, he got a bit more going on. So not imagine. <laughs> clean yourself he's up. He's got a yeah. He's got a bit of a hint of the mad about him. So I was a bit like, yeah. what? Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. I don't know. 
you, you like your bad boys, really, don't you? But yeah, it was it was completely nuts. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if they understand how ballistics work in this film, <laughs> but this man is is bulletproof in more or less. You know, he gets your flesh wound, um, but when a tank opens fire and he's like walks away, it's just like. Set <laughs> 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 on fire and <laughs> oh, yeah, he's, things happen to this man, and you know yeah. it sort of bounces off. It, I, every, every now and then, the word sort of came. I think it was a, like a Monty Python sketch, like one of the the knights that say knee. I think it was. It was oh like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a, really, it, like, yeah, it's a, um, it's a mere um, scratch. Yeah, 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 and the Holy Grail. Yeah, it's like it's a flash wound. <laughs> Yeah. And his arms like his arms cut off and he's bleeding everywhere. It's like Yeah. I, I, I like I that you go. Talking, oh, I call he it would be like really a flesh food. So that's <laughs> that's the sort of vibe, but it's nuts, completely nuts. But you Shawnee, you go and it's your birthday film. Yeah, you have yeah, a yeah. go as well. So yeah, so this film I was you'd think you'd think because the film the tanks are modern tanks, they've got like modern guns, you know what I mean? Yeah, they've got like yeah, yeah. guns. Of- Guns that can shoot like on the tank they got, which is supposed to be a machine gun, but it's like one of those tanks that, um, you know, like snipers use today that can shoot through concrete and all that. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The big Rambo thing. But once I sort of got used to where it was going, and um, it's basically a grindhouse film. It would have been like yeah. Machete. Rich. You could, if you'd yeah. have seen this, no Machete. Yeah, 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 I know Machete. Machete don't text. You know what I mean? Yeah. All the stuff they do to him. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, um, and but there were some lovely the cinematographer. I mean, there was some love for me personally. There were some some lovely shots in it, and there's one in particular, and it still sticks in my mind now. And Darren will probably remember it. It's one like so in the right hand side of the screen, you see a pair of boots where someone's been hung, and then you got three the, the three of the worst Nazis sort of lined up in poses, and one of them takes his hat off, and then they all. And it sort of holds that frame for a bit, and it's like, yeah, exactly like Sharon was saying, spaghetti westernish, you know. It was mm. um, and and the font, the font of like, chapter one, gold, <laughs> chapter two, Nazis. It was done in in it was done in machete style. So, yeah. and it just got crazier and crazier and crazier. <laughs> it was very bloody, you know, like oh yeah, walk into minefield. You you walk, you know, minefield and sort of... Dumb Nazis, that was, send them into the Yeah, minefield. those are the dumb Nazis, yeah, the dumb Nazis, you know, get, you, you know what's going to happen to them. Um, and there, there's this other, thing, wow, there's, there's a few scenes in it which um, are very symbolic of, of sort of things that were going on, but yeah, and the slow-mo, there's always a slow-mo bit, because there's some girls involved in this, and some Finnish girls that have been kidnapped, and they end up with all the weapons and that, and then you've got the slow-motion... Is, I, th- I think everything you were saying about this made me think, like, Sean, I think you've nailed the way you said Grindhouse. And it feels like it's a finished take on, on, because when you were first talking about it, I'm talking about this guy being indestructible. I was thinking, I was getting like, okay, um, I'm getting Taken vibes. Ooh, I'm getting Commando vibes. I'm getting like, it's, it seems like an eight, like a, a finished take on an over-the-top 80s action movie. And now, but even when you're talking about it, like with him being grizzled and not saying a word, I'm like, ooh, ooh that's a bit 70s. <laughs> like you know, the taciturn man with no name that doesn't say anything. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking man with no name when I was watching it. There's certain films yeah. that I was thinking they this mm. guy knows his like so Jenny yeah. owns stuff, he knows his front house, he knows his yeah sort of schlock films. And yeah. he's the guy who who made it. So it's like, yeah, he obviously loves this and then he's just like, you know what, I'm gonna bring this into my culture and make this mine. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's, yeah, it was a complete riot. E- really. Everything <laughs> in this film was things I should hate. Not period yeah. costume. <laughs> ridiculous, ridiculous, um, you know, you know, armor-piercing shells, you know, not not doing oh, what no. they would do normally and that yeah, sort no. of stuff and <laughs> beyond the physics. So, but... I, I, I got used to it and I ended up when I thought, oh, you just got to go with it. You have to go with well, it. You have to go. That is, I reckon, right, that those, Sean, those are the things that you usually hate un, until you know that the person is not taking themselves seriously. Yeah, if, someone, yes, if someone's trying yes. to make a serious World War II movie and all this, all these inaccuracies <laughs> in it, you will slaughter them. <laughs> you will slaughter. But if, but if somebody's, if, if it's kind of like, like, um, or did you ever see the film Dead Snow? Ed Snow, yeah, I've seen that with the Nazis, with the um, yeah. the, the Nazi the, zombies, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Nazi zombies, yeah. That, uh, that, that's, <laughs> a, that's one. That's one that I reckon you would like because yeah. it's and silly. The, uh, it's... There's the Nazis on the moon, isn't there? That the Iron Sky is it Iron Sky. That's Iron Sky. Yeah, Nazis on the yeah, moon. The Nazis on the moon. Yeah, Nazis on the moon. Iron Sky. I mean, the, 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 I think the most <laughs> out there zombie treatment that I've seen is: Have you ever seen Black Sheep, the New Zealand movie? I don't think I have. Yes, I, I don't have. Think I have. No. Oh, where the, there's a there's a zombie outbreak that leads to zombie sheep because in New zombie Zealand sheep. they have more yeah. sheep than people, and so you have all these sheep just sort of like attacking people, and it is it is like out there. It is like you're like this is not supposed to be serious in the least, and because of that it works. <laughs> because of that it works. Okay, so so Sisu, Sisu, wait, you say that, and I feel like everything that you've told me makes me feel like this is a film that you have to experience rather than try and explain. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, so we will jump straight to the star rating. How many stars? Okay. Well, I'd probably, uh, as I say, to start off with, I, I, for me, it's probably a four. I did end up enjoying it, and I was pleased. I'd say it. it was it was a nice, uh, nice experience for me. So I'm going to give it a four star. Yeah, it's one of those films. It could either be a two or a four because you're going thinking, I don't think that's humanly possible. <laughs> it would. It would it would, it would have been a two. It would it would have probably been a two to start with, and then as as things got more and more ridiculous, so I, it became I, like, okay, I'm going to go with this. The more ridiculous it went, the closer the, the further away it got from a two. If that makes sense, that yeah, you just yeah. embrace its complete lunacy. So He's just deflected a tank shell with his butt cheek, <laughs> <laughs> and it's just I've just outrun him. <laughs> so yeah, there's with this I think. I don't think that's actually possible to do that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just, so it's a bit of a lunatic riot. So I thought it was four because it was, yeah, the, the more crazy it got, the further for me away it got from being a two, yeah. the, the more ridiculous it got, the better it got. Uh, so yeah, I would give it a four as well. <laughs> cool. So four stars for Sisu. But speaking of which, speaking of it, we never actually reviewed one of the stories of last year, which was the film RRR on Netflix. Which sounds like, essentially, if you've ever seen, I'm not sure if you've ever seen an Indian action movie, but this is an Indian action movie slash historical epic about three hours, and a lot of the action scenes in this film have become memes online because it is just mental. <laughs> like, like, and I think we never actually reviewed it, and I think I, w- I would like us to watch that because there's there's a scene that I've seen in it where this someone's about to shoot this guy. 
and there's a manhole cover on the floor. So he steps on the manhole cover, it flips up in the air in slow motion, and as they shoot, it gets right into his face and deflects all the bullets <laughs> as he jumps on the face. But you know, it's it's not supposed to be realistic. But anyway. all right, cool. So that's four stars for Sisu. And now we are going to go over to Netflix, Netflix and Friends, and we're going to talk about Agent Elvis. Agent Elvis, this, uh, something that I think, um, oof, let's see, Agent Elvis. I think that this would be something that Sean might like. I know Sean's just walked off, but but the it's animated. So Sharon, I know that there's no chance in hell you're ever gonna watch it. So, so yeah, I'm out. So, yeah, yeah, it's animated. But the the whole idea behind this is set obviously when Elvis was still alive. This time around, Elvis. This show was weirdly enough was co-created by Priscilla Presley, so Elvis's wife. It was, and she actually voices she voices herself in the show. So Priscilla Presley helped co-created the show. She voices herself in the show. And Matthew McConaughey voices Elvis. And the whole idea is that this is like, you know, in the, I think it would have been, it would have been the 60s, yeah, it was the 60s, because Nixon is in office. Nixon is the president. And Elvis is kind of like, you know, he's the biggest movie, biggest pop star at, uh, during the day. But at night, he's kind of like a vigilante. And he walks around trying to right wrongs because he wants his life to mean something. And he wants to do something with it. Then he finds out that there's this thing called TCB, called the Central Bureau, who are actually behind everything and they're in there and like all the conspiracy theories that I've dreamt up about like the moon landing and all they're the guys behind it and they want to um, recruit Elvis because they say that they recruit celebrities they, they recruit celebrities to be the agents and the the head of the of the TCB is voiced by Don Cheeto and he says because for anybody to become that famous there needs to be something bloodthirsty and killer about them where they'll step over anybody to become that famous. Therefore, they would make the perfect agent who can go around and help America win all these wars around the world. So Elvis comes into this whole thing. He has a friend um, who does all his driving for him and stands in for him, stands in, for him in films when he can't be bothered. He has a, there is a chimpanzee whose name I cannot remember. He has, there's a chimpanzee whose name I cannot remember who like smokes and drinks and like that's all the kind of stuff but it's part of Elvis's entourage and there's an agent who he meets voiced by um, Caitlin Olsen who is uh, who is the person who brings him into the TCB and it's 10 episodes of Elvis going around 19, 1960s doing all sort of stuff having a particular hate for Robert Goulet because, because Robert Goulet shows up in the show and everything he show, every time he shows up Elvis is like effing ghoulay which i think comes <laughs> which which I, oh by the way it's quite a potty mouth show and it's uh, which i think comes from um there's a story of elvis used to have a whole bunch of tvs in his house and has used to have a whole bunch of tvs in his house. i once robert ghoulay came on the tv and elvis shot it <laughs> elvis shot the two shot the tv because he a friend didn't like it. and so this show you can see that there's a lot of myths about Elvis and like, you know, uh, urban legends about Elvis that they've just shoved into the show and they've just sort of like, yeah, yeah, true. And it's, you know, it's not, it's not a serious thing. It's not supposed to be factual. It's just taking the things about Elvis and heightened them. Like, for instance, there's a, there was actually a film that was made, I think it was called Elvis, Elvis versus Nixon, that was built around a real life event where Elvis went to Richard Nixon and was talking to him and says, look, I think that we can save the youth of this of this country with karate. 
And so there's a, there's a version of that in here where he actually meets Nixon. He's he's into his karate. There's all and there's all these sort of like urban legends about Elvis's life that are sort of put into it, put into it, put into it. And the show ends in a way. The the ten episodes end in a way where you're like, there could be a second season. There might not be a second season. It doesn't really matter. The show is quite light. It's quite frothy. It's quite oh, Howard Hawks. No no no. Is that no no not Howard Hawks? Howard Hughes. Oh, Howard Hughes. Mm. The Aviator. The Aviator. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah he Hughes. shows up in the show. He's a character in the show. He's a guy, and oh. they, they, they play on the whole thing about him being a reclusive and everything like that. He's voiced by Jason Manzoukas doing his Jason Manzoukas thing. So, all in all, I thought it was quite a good show, but it was one of these shows that you're watching going, okay, okay, it's going on, it's quite good. Why does this show exist? <laughs> and, <laughs> and you're like, this is a really, really, really random idea. And when you hear that, when you realize that it's, it's created, co-created by Priscilla Presley, you're like, what was she trying to do? Was she trying to protect Elvis's image? Was she trying to think that maybe this was like something Elvis always wanted to do? Or you, I don't, you just don't know. You don't know. And it, it, it's a weird show. It's a weird show, but it is quite funny. I think everybody in it is obviously having a blast. No, nobody more so than Don Cheeto. I think Don Cheadle is having a laugh in this show. He's having, he's getting to say stuff that you would never hear him say in live action. He's getting to do stuff, but, and it's just, he's just getting to be this weird, weird, weird character, like almost everybody in the show is. So all in all, I'll give it a three. I think um, people's mileage may vary, but if you like your Elvis stuff, I think that there'll be a lot of in jokes in here that you like, like how much he hated making these films. <laughs> he did how much he hated making these films his hate for Goulet um, his love of karate uh, all that kind of stuff but it's and almost, almost the sort of cockiness that he had about being the fact that he was the biggest biggest person the biggest star on the planet and uh, there's a bit where they talk about the El Elvis and the Beatles and let, let's just say that there are some cameos from Beatles which not voiced by the Beatles themselves I must say because I don't no. think I don't think the surviving Beatles will go anywhere near this but, but there's a bit there's a bit where some, some of the Beatles show up um, right so that's it three stars for Agent Elvis um, and now we go over to The Swarm which is one of quite a few things called The Swarm because Sharon I think yeah, you saw this on swarms. yeah you saw this on Sky Sci-Fi Yes, it's not easy to say. Sky yeah, sci-fi, sky, sci which makes me think that skies that this might be because there's a lot of this now where people are remaking films that were out in the seventies and the eighties as TV shows. Like Fatal Attraction is getting that treatment. Um, American Gigolo got that treatment. And um, this is this any way related to the Michael Caine movie by the same name? Bat bees. No, <laughs> nothing at all. Uh, okay, because there's there's a the swarm or swarm on. Amazon Prime, which is all about, from what I can understand, is all about people who are obsessed with this female um, music star. And I think I that... that <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so essentially, when you said The Swarm, I was like, okay, which one is this? Well, There's a lot of things called again. The Swarm out there now. So tell us, There's what is this The Swarm about? This is The Swarm, yeah. This is a, an eight-part drama, an original Sky sci-fi drama. Uh, mainly European, it's sort of Canadian, France, um, German. Okay. Uh, so it's a real mixture of different countries. Japan, all different countries involved in it. Uh, basically, it starts off, you see it in the Canadian sort of north, northeast, um, where they're, they sort of, 
there's a, like a, an oceanographer who um, studies the sort of the movement and the migration of whales. Okay. And and then they sort of have these tourist trips that go out there. And initially, there's like they can't the whales. There's something gone amiss with the sort of the migration. The whales have not turned up on time. And normally, whales are one of those creatures that sort of you know, follow a pattern and they they go to the same sort of spawning grounds. They go to the same feeding grounds. And you can track them. You know, sort of like a calendar. You know exactly when they're going to turn up and more or less exactly what they're going to do. And they haven't turned up on time. <clears throat> so all the tourist boats are beginning to worry. And then they, they finally arrive, but in much greater numbers than usual and much more sort of mixed um, species. And then one of the tourist boats goes out and they, they notice that the whales are starting to act strangely. Um, and then basically they attack and sink a tourist boat. And then this is like the start of a series of events where whales are acting out of character. They're attacking shipping and uh, all dun, around dun. this one area. And uh, they decide to, they're trying to work out what is causing the whales to behave strangely. And then in a sort of seemingly unrelated event, a Japanese sort of a tanker has sort of come into the same area. And they've noticed that there's, there's been a mad infestation of like mollusks on the, the hull of the ship. And it's basically destabilized the ship. And they, and then in France, um, a lobster is caught on from the seabed, and it's brought into a restaurant, and it was looked a bit strange, but it's um, infected um, with this Ill, a strange illness. All the people who came into contact with it, and mm. uh, they become very ill very suddenly, and um, they die horribly. And they this this infected lobster was like thrown into the. Um, into the waste disposal, which has got got into the water system, and then anyone who had contact with the water in that area was suddenly becoming very ill. And so all around the world, this little Japanese tanker, the whales in Canada, and there's a lady who's studying um, sea the sea sort of flows in the north in the North Atlantic, um, based on one of the Shetland Islands. She's noticed that some of the there's been some strange phenomena where one of the uh, the boreholes under the, gr the ground has suddenly opened up again, which is like, doesn't happen. So strange okay. things are happening around the sea. And as the series progressed, all these different seemingly random events, uh, these mollusks, the lobster, and then later crabs, um, the sea currents and tides, everything that's connected to the sea is um, turning against humanity in okay. different ways. And they're saying, are these events all unrelated? Or is there some sort of intelligence at work? And as the series progresses, you see all these different people from around the world with their different experiences of what's going on start moving towards each other because they're saying, ah, there's an expert in Norway who knows all about sort of, you know, sea creatures. Let's talk to them. And then the detective who's trying to investigate all the deaths in France because of this, this they want to think it's like a poisoned lobster. They're like yeah. going, this is not a poisoned lobster. It's a new species of lobster that has got this strange component to it so all these different things are being connected so and these <clears throat> and all these people basically start converging upon each other to work out to see if there is an intelligence behind these seemingly random events um of basically the sea or something in the sea is turning against humanity okay cool cool so so as, that synopsis make that synopsis makes me feel like I know where this show is going. <laughs> yeah, there's um there was I, I remember seeing the film called The Andromeda Strain, which which 
was sort of where they get loads of scientists. Well, there's a few films, isn't there? Pandemic, all of those. It's like, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Let's, let's get yeah. all the specialists together and come up with a plan. Yeah, Godzilla. Mm. The... Godzilla again, yeah. <laughs> Godzilla, Meteor. Meteor. Um, okay, so so it sounds like this. This sounds well. Okay, let me put it this way: because this is a, it's called Sky Sci-Fi, but that's essentially the Sci-Fi Channel. It's a Sci-Fi Channel that has been re- rebranded to Sky Sci-Fi, and um, we know what the original things usually are like. Made for you know five P, yeah. <laughs> made for five P, and uh, and it's, it's in my head. It's turn on in the background and do something else. TV. Yeah. Is there anything to elevate this? Because at the moment, everything you said makes me think I know exactly where this is going. So and much I... so, B movie. They have yeah. certainly elevated the stat, the production values for this. I okay. Mean, it is. Um. It was. It was up there with the production values of you know all the sea effects and the creatures are well. Everything looked you know spot on. Yeah. And good. even though I didn't recognise anyone in the cast because it's sort of basically sort of you know international cast. Um, they all see, they all were very competent. They weren't. There was. It sounds really insulting about some of these sci-fi films. It was not Sharknado. Yes, the, the effects are a bit shonky. The acting's a bit chunky, and it's all a bit mm. dialed in. Mm. Whereas this, they certainly put the money into it. This is. Um, I think it's an original drama that they really tried to push as a sort of like an eco um, tale or eco fable. Yeah. So they certainly put the money into it. It's, yeah, it's not a cheap. Um, it's just knock off 20 of these this week. It's sort of, they've, they've put the production values into it. So in that regard, it was, you know, it was, it was certainly good. You couldn't fault it for the effects or for how they, how they made it work. My only criticism of it was, well, not my only criticism, there's probably a few criticisms of it, but <laughs> I found because it was drawing from all these different cultures and you meet all these different characters, um, I found it was quite hard to get emotionally involved with any of them. I found it interesting. I mm-hmm. thought the whole premise of, how it works and how they managed to draw it. it reminded me a little bit of Kraken Awakes in that the John Wyndham one where these seemingly random events were not random, they're all connected. And yeah. so I found it is interesting to join up the dots and to see how the, some of the things sort of worked out. So I thought it was interesting how it progressed, but yeah, when some characters die, I was a bit like, oh, are they dead? Because <laughs> it's done in a, <laughs> almost sort of like casual sort of way. And there's some tragedies, like a, sort of probably a spoiler, but. In, there's a tsunami. There's a well. There's a couple of tsunamis that have been generated by um, the, the sea. Basically, is fighting back. Yeah. And there's this and the, the, these tsunamis where you see great swathes of like Africa, great swathes of northern Europe are basically devastated by a, a tsunami not seen, you know, for centuries. Yeah. And and some of the some sort of, who you think are like quite important characters, some of them die, mm. and you go a bit like, you know, oh. <laughs> because you don't really feel that emotional connection to them, and so some of the events where they're saying, "Oh, so and so," they're out at sea at one point, and they're saying, "It's so and so from this country," and then I go, "Yes," and then I go, "Do we tell them?" And it's like because basically their country has been just devastated by the tsunami, <laughs> and you're going like, you know, oh. <laughs> so I found it was, I found it was interesting on an almost like intellectual level thinking, actually, this is quite interesting how they've done this, how they thought about this. But I found I didn't actually connect to it sort of emotionally, or I didn't, I didn't really engage. For the real, I didn't really engage me. So okay. I thought, yes, it was. Well, it's certainly worth watching. It's interesting things I had to say about maybe. Well, it's you know we are being a bit sort of hammered about the climate at the moment and man's responsibility to the the planet we live on, yeah. and and so I think it's like pushing that envelope a bit, but maybe maybe trying to be hard in some ways. 
Um, okay, so how many so stars? I would give it a three. I think it's production values, yeah, it's sort of four, and it's sort of its quality four. But for me, the story and the engagement, I it found it a little bit lacking. So I would say it was a three, basically. Yep, cool, cool. It's uh, <laughs> this might be a terrible thing to say, especially because Battlestar Galactica, the new Battles, the newer Battle Battlestar Galactica TV series, started off on sci-fi. It started off on sci-fi. But I feel like the best that a sci-fi original can aim for is a three. So well done, <laughs> sci-fi yeah. yeah, If you watched I, it, you I, think I, it's... I normally it, think it, with, looks, with those... it looks top-notch, though. It does look like it could be on Prime or on Netflix. Yeah. It's, it looks, it, they've certainly put the production values in. So they haven't skimped in that way, because normally you could spot a sci-fi no, movie norm- because it's just shonky. Yeah. This was, no, this was certainly well-made. It's just I didn't feel they, they really engaged with the characters enough. They seem to they seem to like do a film. I remember there was a film come out called Battle for Los Angeles, and they called it Los Angeles Battle, which I saw. Which is and and the explosions when they have the explosions, you can so they're so badly CGI'd, aren't they? Like, yeah. like I mean, they've even they've, they've even got an outline. As you get this explosion, you have got like an outline on the outside. Yeah, 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 yeah there's yeah, none yeah. of that in this. There's none of that in this. All the effects are as good as they could make them. I mean, they haven't skimped on the budget at all. Um, no, they've really they have put the money into it, so it it certainly doesn't look cheap. Yeah, yeah. Um, they... But it's just to me, it just lacks sometimes in the that character development. If you're going to have these characters that you need to invest in, you yeah. need to actually care about them. And I found I struggled to care about them, even when they went through tragedies and they're like, you know, go, oh, I'm going for a really hard time. Not they say it, but you know, they yeah. they, they show not how. But even then, I was just like, you know, you know what? Um, you just haven't engaged oh. me enough to move to care. Yeah. Oh, I'm trying to remember. There was also they also did a version. They did. It's so you have um, the, you have Hitchcock's The Birds, and they did like a sort of sci-fi version of it called something like Birdemic, and oh <laughs> my word! <laughs> oh I my word! To... It's, it's it's kind of like one of these things where okay, when you, when you watch The Birds, there's some of the sh- there's some of, sort of like the matte shots of The Birds that like you know they look a bit. It, Hitchcock was working with what he could work with in the sixties. They look a bit shonky by today's standards. But this birdemic thing was made in the noughties and looks worse than yeah. <laughs> yeah. it looks. It looks worse than Hitchcock managed yeah. in the sixties. But anyway, so okay. Anyway, there's some other things. I think they're trying to sort of up their 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 quality over quantity. So I think they're trying to up their game in terms of if we're going to compete with the best of the best, we need to make do better. So I think it's certainly they're trying to do better. Um, so it wasn't any lack of trying on their part, but it's me didn't engage. Ah, right, cool. And now we go to the final thing we're going to talk about this week, which is on YouTube, and that is The Sacrifice. Sean has been waiting a week to talk about this, so please tell us about The Sacrifice. What's up with it? What's going on? (laughs) The Sacrifice. So this is one of those Chinese movies. Um, I think it was made like 2020, something like that, a few years back. Um, But it is on YouTube. The whole thing's on YouTube. Um, And it's basically your proper Chinese propaganda thing. It basically, it's a Korean War. This is where the narration comes up at the start. This is the Korean War and the Americans have invaded Korea and are about to like, you know, they're getting post invading China, which they never did. It was the other way around. But anyway, we're cut off. <laughs> we're story short. So there's this bridge. The story is basically there's this bridge that they need to get this this regiment across the bridge to reinforce force the, um, the, the. So they keep building this bridge in various different ways. And the American, they, the American Air Force come in 
and destroy the bridge. So they like, oh, we've got to do this, we've got to do this, we've got to do this the other way. So they bring in some anti-aircraft guns. And so basically this is like, it almost becomes a duel between this anti-aircraft gun and there's one plane which has sort of been shot that goes back. So it's a, and it becomes, it becomes a, like a, a, a one, like a duel almost, a duel between, and it keeps going on, you know, it's a continuing duel. They sort of come, blow up, get shot, go back, come back, blow up the bridge, come back, get shot. And it's a bit, um, you know, with the, uh, certainly, certainly a lot, a lot of, a lot of propaganda involved. And, um, well, so... but I, it's just, yeah, it's just basically, uh, starts off, they've got to make this bridge, they've got to build a bridge, they've got to get over the bridge, and the bridge keeps getting destroyed. So, plenty of action, plenty of yep. action, yep. plenty of shooting, plenty of planes, the planes look quite good. Um, most of it's subtitled, but the actual, the actual American pilots do speak, um, uh, English and the planes the planes are pretty good I mean there must be CGI I think it's I think they are CGI you can actually see it but it's like totally it's like you know the uh, I've never seen a Chinese war film where like you know they're all their shirts are all tattered and that and they're like was it keep carry on you know what I mean and <laughs> I, think, yeah, I, think, I think from, from that like, description I think I know what you're talking about yeah <laughs> they're nearly nearly like destroyed and they're like all bleeding and all that but yeah they hang on in there you know what yeah, I mean yeah, yeah. they're like yeah they've lost all their limbs and their things and you know they're using their teeth to sort of load the guns and stuff but yeah it wasn't it wasn't quite that extreme but that type of thing so um and it's sort of well yeah really really political and just saying how how good the chinese how resolute and everything yeah, and how great that how the chinese have sisu sisu they do yes yeah, chinese <laughs> sisu, but but they have lots of sisus you know what i mean and lots of people sacrificing themselves to protect things and throwing yeah. Themselves. yeah it's almost like it's the propaganda thing of oh you got to, you you know you must do this to protect your country to to fight for your country you've got to sacrifice yourself you yeah know, you've got to, yeah die but it's all for a good cause it's all for the country and you know at the end i know this is a spoiler but i'm gonna i'm gonna say it anyway because i don't <laughs> do anything. But in the end they end up like the, the men end up becoming the bridge sort of thing you know for, so you know and they're all like they're, they're like oh, they're all like you know straining with all these tanks driving across them and that so basically <laughs> because the bridge has been destroyed so much all the men get like planks of wood and that, and all hold planks of wood and stuff like that. So they so we got the uh, shot. Uh, and uh, <laughs> okay, that that I, I'm trying to decide whether that's like you know that's like propaganda <laughs> or or parody. I, I know, no, no, it's serious because you can see the like the the people that have been wounded and all that, you know, and they've got bandages across their eyes and all that, and they're they're holding up this plank of wood and like. Grin, you know, like grimacing <laughs> with the sheer pain of all this, you know, yeah, stuff. Yeah. I, 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 I remember <laughs> that. They, they, I mean, Chinese Chinese cinema does give good grimace. It, it does. It does <laughs> it, it yeah. good grimace. Yeah, Chinese <laughs> really cinema does, does yeah. give good grimace. Yeah, they, they endure a lot. They, they, they endure. You know, they can. They, I mean, I, I mean, one thing I do like about Chinese war films is the action. You know, there's plenty of action in them. There's plenty of. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah even if a little bit and and you do get the odd you do get the odd one that's, that's brilliant i did see one years ago called the assembly which was um about uh that was a really good one actually and there's even a bit in that where they they they're in korea and there's some american tanks are coming and the um 
and they, it, it says, you know, they, all, they talk, try to talk bad Korean, do you know what I mean? And wave at the Americans yeah. and stuff. So, yeah, so that's good. But this, this was, this was average. There was a bit of shooting. So, so you're, what you're saying is that every now and then, every now and then you get a good Chinese propaganda war film, but this is not one yeah. of them. This is not one of them. Exactly right. Yeah, it's exactly right. Yeah. So, so, so okay. So, how many stars for the... uh, Probably just because I like the aircraft side of it. Just because I like the the Grimm and Wildcats, I'll probably give this a three, but not not a very high three, you know. And plenty of grimacing, plenty of grimacing in this, you know. Like all the <laughs> you've, you've got the American, you know, like really like gung ho and nasty looking and all that, and, and like as yeah. they get wounded and shot, and they're like, it's just. Oh. You know, after it always amazes me how they like, you know, wander around with like missing limbs and stuff. And you know, <laughs> well, well the, the thing about it is that I've I've, always, I've thought this for a while that you go around the world in different places and in different areas of the world, you have differing levels of self consciousness. So I think like in the western side of the world, you're talking Europe and you're talking America and everything like that. That there's a lot of self-consciousness that we oh we can't do that that would look stupid. But you go to Asia and they don't have that same sort of like oh oh we can't do that that would look stupid. They're, they're like no we're gonna do that. <laughs> it's like, like so and, and, and it bleeds into the cinema. It bleeds to the cinema because where you would have some of these facial expressions that are being pulled in a Chinese movie, you would never imagine that being pulled in a British movie because they'd be like oh no god no no no. But in China they're like no this is what we're going this is emotion we're going for it and I, 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 I like the fact that you have that in different types of in different geopolitical cinema I, I like that I was going to say there's um I know again going off one of the tangents um, on Radio 4 they've, they've had this little series about princesses you know like cinema princesses oh yeah yeah um, and like how the last one I listened to was Brave I forget what you but this week which you'd probably like was Shuri from from um oh from Black Panther Forever yeah, yeah so um and it's really good. They're only like half an hour, and it's just like they got some people talking about how you know they talk quite a lot about the film about Wakanda. But they're saying with Shuri, she was um, T'Challa's sister, and yeah. he was like na- naughty sister. So yeah, so uh, you you might quite like to listen to that. I was thinking I of think, you. I think I saw that. I think I saw that on a podcast. It's just called Princess, isn't it? I think it's called Princess. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's just called. I think I, I saw that on the podcast. It got recommended to me on BBC Sounds. And I was like, "Oh, okay, that's, that's interesting." Yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of like, but there, there is a there is a movement to reclaim the word princess because it's um there's uh, there's a, another show that I have on my list that I haven't spoken about is a show called Princess Power, which I've been watching over my daughter's shoulder, and they have this whole thing where they're trying to make princess a verb. It's like like they'll say things like you know, way to princess. And they're trying to reclaim the word princess. So there's a movement to... So it, it, instead of it just being... There's even the film The Princess, which is just about a princess kicking ass up, up and down a tower, which she's supposed to be locked away in. So instead of making it like, you know, or when you say princess, it's about, oh, we're just going to stay here and wait for my prince. When will my prince come and save me? They're trying to move it away from that and move it back into like, oh, no, no, princesses actually have... What's the word? Agency. Agency of their own, in their own right. So, have I um, never heard of Princess Anne? <laughs> that, yeah. that woman, that? you know, Princess Anne. She's the Princess Royal, the King's sister. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Was, yeah. One tough bird. She's she's not your frothy princess, and she never has been. She is one tough bird. When they tried to kidnap her, she said like, "Naff off the gunman." And it was, was like, you know, and she said, "I'm not going." <laughs> he shot three. He shot three people, and she was like, "No, I'm not going." It's like, you know, if you want a tough princess, Princess Anne is up there. <laughs> I was like, they 
was a TV program called The Windsors, and like she used to, when she ever used to turn up, like the room would go all frosty, sort of <laughs> glide in. It was really funny, and she'd be well, like, the, the oh, channel, channel like, for and the Windsors. Terrified. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Windsors was was quite funny. It was Harry Enfield as Charlie, and yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I just and Camilla, that, uh, Camilla wanted to kill off Kate and. Uh, I, I, I just remember that the 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 only thing I've seen of the Windsors is like Harry Enfield playing at that time Prince Charles, and Prince where somebody says to him like, "Oh, I think it's William." William says about the royal family. He said, "No, that's it. We're useless. We're as useless as a nipple on a man." And Prince Charles goes, "No, I'm as useful as a as a nipple on a woman." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Princess Anne. She was my favourite character. She wasn't in it much, but the just everything would go frosty and. Like they start breathing, you know, like when, when you're out in the when the steam comes out of your mouth, and it's yeah. like, and they all look at her. Sort of, I, 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 mean, I always figured that in the wind, yeah, I think in the Windsors, you got this the, this feeling. It was almost like spitting image, but live action. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. it's <laughs> complete parody, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. All right, so how who do you think has won this week? Netflix uh, or would, Cinema? Well, I would say it's got to be Sisu, isn't it? Because the rest were pretty threes, I think. Three yeah, the rest were board. all threes. All threes all across the board. So with the one thing in their place, Sisu, Sisu went, don't worry, Guardians of the Galaxy, do your thing. I've got this. <laughs> and Sisu, Sisu went, yeah, I'm still holding it up. So yeah. But but it, from what you said, it sounds like Sisu is actually auditioning to be the next Marvel superhero. But... <laughs> we'll do that. Okay, cool. So well, until next week when we will see if Marvel is going to let anybody else release a film. Um, is, is the, when's Flash out? When's The Flash? That must wow. be out soon. I do, I'm thinking that the, the Flash... Well, we've been waiting like four years for The Flash, so yeah. it's... I, I, um, next week, I'm going to Thailand, so I probably might, won't, won't be available next week. But I might be. No problem. Okay, The Flash is out on the 16th of June. All right, okay. I'll be back for that. Then. Back by then. Yeah, yeah. All right, okay, cool. So we look forward to Sean. Uh, we look forward to when you come back, giving us all the tales of all the things that happened to you in Thailand, and and uh, and all the th all the mysteries that will never be solved. Like we never got the answer to the mystery of what happened to Sean's head the last time he went to Thailand. We, ne we, <laughs> we never got the, never got the answer to go to the bottom of that thing. That was like the cliffhanger at the end of a TV series. Come back next season to find out. And now this is Sean yeah. going back to Thailand. Maybe we'll find out the story of the stitches. Yes. <laughs> you might, you might. All right. But until that time, it's a goodbye from me. Just call me Sisu. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's a goodbye from me. It's a goodbye from me. <laughs> oh, I just got this image of show prospecting for gold in Thailand. <laughs> That's why it keeps going over there. <laughs> I'll see, I'll see you later, guys. See you later. Bye.